Namaste and welcome to Kidacity, where kids learn, share and grow together. I'm your host, Samir Chitta, and this is episode 68, and a very special episode, that too. I'm happy, 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 excited and very, very, very happy again to tell you all about my new book. Yes, you heard me right. My book is called Konnichiwa Izumi and is now officially out. If you have been listening to me since last January, then you will remember my segment, Konnichiwa Izumi. This book is inspired by the segment and has eight stories set in 2040 in my favorite country, Japan. It has Izumi, a hard-working robot maker who lives in Tokyo, Japan, with his dog, Okuda, who, by the way, is my favorite. What is special about Izumi is that he never gives up. The stories will take you on a series of adventures that Izumi experiences along with Akira. From a building that creates tornadoes to a magical ring that can be filled with superpowers, each adventure tests Izumi's character. And towards the end of the book, there's a special section, a simple guide to Japan, where I have listed down some popular food items, cartoons, festivals, tourist places, conversational phrases, and much more. You will also love the illustrations in the book, and I will talk more about that in my next episode. The book is available on Amazon, Flipkart, and my website, www.kidacity.club, and all leading bookstores in Bangalore. Now here is another special thing for all of you. I will be reading a short snippet from my book. Are you ready? This is from the story The Invisible Dome and this is also my favorite part of the book. This was a special building with a special power that could only be unleashed once it had nine buildings on either side of it in increasing order. The tallest one had to be 45 floors high, the next 40, 35, 30, 25, 20, 15, and then 10, and then finally 5. The energy from all the buildings would be sucked through special pipes to create a tornado. But when I saw it from the train, there were no pipes visible, Izumi thought to himself. Maybe they were under construction? Izumi got back to his research. He found that it was a building which can create tornadoes so powerful that they can destroy not just Tokyo, but the entire country of Japan. This sounds dangerous. Why would anybody want to do it? If the power is a little bit more, surrounding countries such as South Korea, parts of Russia, parts of China, and even Taiwan can get impacted. And a tornado will occur within the next four days of the completion of the building. Izumi was thinking what to do next. He tried to remember how many buildings were there, but the train had passed by so fast that he couldn't count. But there was no time to lose. So that's the end of the short snippet. And now let's move on to another part. A lot of people ask me about the process of writing a book. Let me tell you that this book took one entire year, from the time I wrote the first story to the time that the book was printed and published. In today's episode, I want to talk about an important step in the writing process, which is editing. Editing is everywhere. In fact, what you listen to on my podcast 
is an edited version of what I record. My mom deletes all the unnecessary pauses, fumbles, adds music, and then the final file is ready. Just imagine how it would be to listen to an unedited work. Even at school, our teachers edit our work. They identify spelling errors, grammatical errors, and even suggest better ways to write a sentence or a paragraph. My book also went through many, many rounds of editing. Some were done by my mom, and one round was done by Ms. Kalpana, who is a professional editor. I spoke to her about the process of editing and her experience of editing my book. Good morning, Ms. Kalpana. How are you? I'm very good today because the sun is shining, and um, I'm looking forward to our little chat. Yes, me too. Firstly, could you just please introduce yourself to my listeners? Definitely. So my name is Kalpana Misra and I wear many hats. First of all, I think I love to write and I like to read. I'm also a teacher, an English teacher, and um, I love animals, which is probably why I loved Akira in your book, Samar. Thank you. Um, could you also tell us how you uh, became an editor? Oh, yeah, how I become, became an editor. Well, as I said, I love to read and um, I love to write. So sometimes when I'm reading, I find that, um, well, first of all, if there are typos, I find that very off-putting. I I don't really want to continue reading the book and I have to I have to, you know, urge myself to finish it because there may be some some pearls of wisdom in it. Yeah. Um so yeah, so as a reader that disturbs me greatly. As a writer, I obviously I edit my own work and um um you know, I first I first write um, just uh, just the creative process without editing the work. And then when I go back, I run a very critical eye over my own writing and try to find the errors. Um, uh, so, so in the process of doing that, I found that reading other people's work, I was already doing mental editing, that this could have been better or that could have been left out or this could have been expressed differently. Not always, you know, yeah. often the book, you get carried away with the book and then you don't notice uh, small errors, but sometimes. Um, and then um, later in life, I became an English teacher. So, well, you know, the job of an English teacher is to help students to improve their writing and uh, and to point out errors nicely, of course, uh, so that they don't make those errors again. And yeah. uh, yes. Yes, and so I think, yeah, that that's, that is how I became an editor. Yeah, so that's also the same for my teacher. Whenever there's something in one of our essays or writing pieces, she always corrects it. Yeah, that's her job, isn't it? And, yeah. and, and I think that makes the job of future editors, when, when the child yeah. is an adult, makes the job of future editors a little less... Or maybe they won't even need editing because because they already know. Although everybody, you know, that's a moot point because everybody needs editing. It, your work always um, 
can be improved when another pair of eyes goes over it. So I won't say that a time will come when we don't need ed- editors. If that were the case, then the computer spell check and, and Grammarly would yeah. do the work, but they can't. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> and also, could you just explain the role of an editor to us? There are three kinds of editors. There's a developmental editor, mm-hmm. and then there's a copy editor, and mm-hmm. a proofreader, right? So yes. The, yes. So the job of the developmental editor is to critique the structure of the of the book, or you know, if it's okay. a short story, to look at plot, characterization, and structural details. So an overall view. Okay, then the copy editor talks about the grammar and checks whether there's logic in the arguments that have been put forth in the story or or the if it's a non-fiction book, if it's an essay, then of course there's a lot more work for the copy editor to do considering logic. And then there's style because you have to have a consistent style. Usually, we cannot sit down and write an entire book or an entire essay in one yeah. in one go, and so there may be minor um, changes in pace and in style, which have to be looked at afterwards. And the uh, the copy editor would do that. It she she or he goes over the language sentence by sentence. Yeah, and finally, there's the proofreader, right? Uh, which is who looks at only spelling, consistent formatting, and punctuation, and um, yeah, they 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 don't look at 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 the content at all because that's already been done by the developmental editor and the copy editor. Yeah, but that's a lot of work. Three different editors. Yeah, I mean uh, that that uh, one person could can do it all. I mean. They yeah. tr- they try and I think in the editing world they try and break it up. Large companies break it up and assign the work to three different editors. But one editor can do it all, but he or she would have to go over <clears throat> the work two or three times because um, usually because it's not possible to do it all in one uh, in one reading. Also, um, what was <laughs> the experience of editing my book for you? Oh, it was a lovely experience. I really wasn't expecting um, such, um, what shall I say, such a mastery of language and and um, and your ideas, you know, your imagination was, is, is um, commendable. Uh, so that often I was quite carried away by the story and then I had to remember that, hey, I'm meant to be editing this. So I'd have to go back and, and look at it, you know, from the editor's yeah. eye. Yeah, so it was it was a, a lovely experience, absolutely. Thank you. So, you know, it uh, the only work that I needed to do on, on the book really was a little bit of work on sentence structure and... You know, that happens to all of us because, yeah, yeah, because when you're writing, if you're in the zone, people who write will know what I mean. It just kind of, you know what you want to say and you just want to put it down on paper or on the computer screen and you're not thinking about, um, about the sentence structure. So it happens to every writer and that's why we need editors and, um, why sometimes you can't even go back and edit your own work. Uh, I mean, you may try, 
but you'll also get uh, carried away by the by the impetus of the story when you read your own work back again and um, yeah so, so so that's what sometimes some sentence structure goes all over the place plus don't forget i'm an english teacher and it's my job to look for sentence structure um uh, loopholes in the sentence structure right yes and um yeah i mainly inserted contractions so did did not became didn't and have not became haven't be- becomes yes. ha- yeah have not haven't yeah exactly because now uh, you know contractions are very important because they make the writing seem much more friendly and the reader feels as though the writer is talking to them so they're an important part of english language they are not um, it is not it's not casual um unless of course you are writing an an academic paper which does not apply to you you want you were writing a writing fiction so yeah the contractions that that's the main mainly what i put in and here and there uh, if i thought uh, another word would work I worked a little bit on passive voice. We tend to talk a lot in passive voice in India, and um, it's not always the best way. So yeah, that that that's it. Thank you. So, like you mentioned earlier, you're also an English teacher. So, what advice will you give to your students who want to um, pursue their hobby seriously? Uh huh. You know, hobbies should always be pursued seriously. because they're very important um tell me about your hobbies samarth so i have a lot of hobbies but uh one of them is traveling then i love building uh, structures out of jenga blocks and legos uh i also love reading um and then yeah so those are mostly my uh top those, hobbies those are yours yeah so so that's what we have in common reading and writing I I can never tell whether writing is my hobby or my career but yeah I I love it and then I have I like to listen to music I like to I like to knit and crochet in the winter okay. I love to take care of stray animals and photography is another is another hobby so um yeah that's a lot but but you know hobby should always be taken seriously and um and i can't help thinking of you know steve jobs who the the founder of apple founder yeah founder he uh he had a lovely quote it was stay foolish one sec let me see exactly what he said stay hungry stay foolish which which sounds like a you know it sounds like you sh- not something you you say to people right and yeah. so stay hungry stay foolish never let go of your appetite to go after new ideas new experiences and new adventures and i don't know i, I mean it doesn't specifically talk about hobbies but i f- i feel that it applies to hobbies right because um yeah. you know um you can take up a, a new hobby later in life and if if something excites you then definitely go and find out how to do it thank goodness for youtube you can you can yeah. uh, you can learn anything online and um whether it's collect, collecting stamps or learning how to build a cabin in the wood 
um, yeah, you can just perfect your technique and 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 get better and better at it. I think that that's the main thing about a hobby that do it consistently, but do it with joy and get better and better at it. And I think once the fun goes out of it, uh, you know, a lot of people try to monetize their hobbies and uh, well, then it's no longer a hobby actually because then mm-hmm. then, uh, mm, then it becomes part of your, your earning potential, which isn't a bad thing, but yeah. Yeah, hobbies are, are very, very important. They, they make life very joyful and mm-hmm. they keep us away from, from television, which is all right in small doses but it shouldn't be the be all and end all of your life but i also noticed that you know especially for me sometimes for my friends it's hard to stay on track with you know your hobbies how do you think that you can uh you know try staying on track or help staying on track yeah you know like i said if you if you can't stay on track then maybe you're not enjoying it anymore and then it isn't a hobby so I'd like to, uh, what do you mean by staying on track? Do you mean you can't find the time for it? Yeah, because like um, sometimes, you know, if my hobby, let's say, is to read. So after a while, maybe, you know, I don't exactly enjoy reading. So like you said, so like, how do you think you can actually stay on track and continue okay. reading in this situation? Yeah, yeah. If you're not enjoying reading, Mm, then maybe you have to change what you are reading. Maybe you're not enjoying the books you have chosen. You know, that that happens to me sometimes um, uh, because I was reading all the books that had been re- uh, that had been shortlisted and then longlisted also for the Booker Prize. And they're mostly serious and they're excellent literature. Um, but one or two of them were very heavy and disturbing. Uh, and then I realized that now I want to choose some light reading. And so I read well-written books, of course, but some uh, thrillers and crime and humor. And uh, yeah, so, so I think you have to change it up if you're not enjoying it. And about time, um, I found I timetable it into my day because... Because, you know, as you grow older, you have even less time to read. So I I rarely go to sleep without reading for an hour. And, um, yeah, I'd say that's the way. And, and if you still don't enjoy it, then it's probably time for a new hobby. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah. yeah, sometimes I also feel that way because some of the books maybe... I don't like them because I mostly like fiction. And if I read nonfiction some of the times, I just feel very, uh, I don't know, I don't like it exactly. So that's why I also wrote a fictional book. That's super. I I love your fictional book. But you know what? I'm I'm surprised you're reading nonfiction because at your age, I read only fiction. Um, (laughs) Apart from my school books, of course. So why are you reading nonfiction? Well, sometimes I think, you know, reading nonfiction, it's actually good because um, if there's a topic that I'm actually interested in, because I love Japan and I have like a lot of books about Japan, like I have I have read Ikigai, Ichigo Ichi, and then all these nonfiction books about Japanese culture, Japan in general, uh, because, you know, 
I like it so much. So if there's a topic that I'm really, really interested in, I don't care you know, if it's fiction or non-fiction. I get it. I get it. I know what you mean. Also, um, what is your favorite part of my book? I love Akira. I really love Akira. Um, but I'll tell you which of the stories I found masterful, you know, the, the Invisible Dome. The idea of that tornado builder, builder, building, Building, yes. is, yeah, the tornado building is just amazing. I don't know how you dreamt that up. I don't know if you yeah. saw that somewhere or it's entirely a fiction um, from your imagination. Or, yes. Yeah. And, yes. you know, yes. yeah, even how your hero noticed the building, um, like he was, he was just going past in a train and he saw it and said, how strange is that building and um yes. you know his sense of curiosity is is what's very very important uh, like what steve jobs says stay hungry stay foolish so stay hungry for new ideas so he he didn't say like okay that's a building whatever um he, he wanted to know what is it and he, he wasn't afraid to admit that i don't know what it is but and i'm going to find out and he yeah. he I, I think uh if i remember correctly he uh he took the train again he noted where it was then he got off at the station and went to um to the building and uh without giving away any part of the story i hope i'm not giving anything away how he how he overcame the problem it was excellent thank I, you yeah very good story thank you i read some japanese fiction so i have some idea of um, of their culture unfortunately i haven't yet been to japan although that's on my list of things to do Mm-hmm. um your uh, your settings seem very authentic thank you and um i i know you are asking me question but i would like to ask you how why are you so interested in japan so i don't know like um it's been there since a long time ever since i was 3 years old for some reason because i just started loving japan and um I'm pretty sure because it's uh when um I was watching the cartoons like Doraemon uh, which I still do today Doraemon and Shin-chan um uh so then you know they're both Japanese uh cartoons so then I got interested I was like oh you know it's beautiful because they show around Japan they're going to different places so then I'm then I um actually located then i uh started to start liking japan because i just love doraemon and i still do today mm-hmm. um and after that i just got hooked into japanese culture uh, okay. then i tried sushi and then i was like the food is also really good then the culture uh then all those different things and now you know um i'm just always looking on research i'm just always researching about japan reading something about japan also recently i have like a japanese pokemon book it's not in japanese but it's like a japanese style because japanese they read um from right to left and then they read top to bottom so you're going to learn japanese yes i am currently learning japanese too. 
Are you learning on Duolingo or? Uh... Um, no. So there is a website called Preply, where it's like um, personal lessons with a tutor. Um, my tutor he's called uh, Rikito or Ricky, and he is from Japan, and now he's in London. So yeah. I'm learning. So yeah. So you know, um, it's from people from those nationalities who teach it. Right. And so, so can you say something in Japanese? Um. Hi. Uh. Konnichiwa, watashi wa no namae wa samadis, which is, hi is yes, and konnichiwa, hello, watashi wa no namae wa is, my name is, and yeah. then your name, this, so oh. you need to add this in the end, and if you're asking a question, oh. you need to add ka, so this ka. Okay, super, wow, so, so tell me, um, are you learning spoken Japanese, or are you learning the script as well? Uh, so right now I'm currently learning the spoken. Then, um, so you know, like basic adjectives, greetings, um, currency, numbers, and after that, so now slowly and slowly we're transitioning to the um, script too. Uh, so uh, I'm also uh, then I think in the yeah I'll be simultaneously learning both also. Oh my goodness, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, is the, is the trip to Japan on the cards after the pandemic settles down? Yes, yes. I haven't been to Japan yet, though. No, but but you you plan to. Thank you for being on my podcast. Thank you for inviting me. It was a pleasure talking to you and working on your book. And I wish it every success. Thank you. Thank you. Okay. Bye bye. Bye. I hope you learned as much from this interview as I did. In case you are interested in reaching out to Miss Kalpana, I will leave her contact details in my show notes. That brings us to the end of this episode. As always, please click the like or the subscribe button if you enjoyed my podcast. And a quick reminder that my book is available now on Amazon, Flipkart. I would really love it if you read my book and share your feedback with me at hello at the rictidacity.club or leave a rating on Amazon or Flipkart. Until next week, goodbye and Jay Hin from Kidacity.